Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today. He's an industry thought leader, a tech innovator, an expert at driving brand adoption and distribution. Please help me welcome Steve Shatter, president of SourcePoint. Steve, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Michael. Thanks much. Well, it is great to have you, Steve. You have a wealth of knowledge, but before we get into all of that cool financial knowledge and expertise, you have a very unique background where you started your career, and I'd love to kind of talk about that, see if there's some parallels between the mortgage industry and that. Why don't you share with our guest a little bit about your background, and then we'll start our discussion. Sure, Michael, and um, thanks for asking. I do get the question from time to time, how does someone who started in the wine and spirits industry find their way into, uh, into the U.S. mortgage industry? And I have to say, it probably took a glass of wine or two. <laughs> We're, um, you know, it, the, and it took me a while to really think about it, and I won't go through all my background, but if you, but if you think about the, our industry, U.S. mortgage, perhaps the most regulated industry in the U.S. If that's the first, the second most would be wine and, the wine and spirits industry. They're both built on structures which are state-specific. Um, you've got laws that are very different state by state. Um, you've got regulators that look at things very differently. And overall, um, and then the other thing from a – they're, uh, they're, they're very much three-tiered systems, which separate the consumer from, I would say, the main marketer of products and then to brand owners. So you've got, um, so you've got this three-tiered system um, in, in the U.S. mortgage industry. We also have capital markets, which really represents that third tier for us between in the way I think about it. So there's some really there's some really interesting parallels. Um, I certainly learned a lot by, by being part of it, um, and I think one of the things I, I really took a lot from is the importance of having a very close consumer bent on everything that you do, but recognizing that businesses really have to work closely together in order for this consumer to ultimately benefit. So it's a great business to business situation, but it's also a very strong consumer business to consumer. Um, so there's a, there's quite a bit of parallel that you could that I can that I get to draw on almost every day when thinking about our business now. Well, and I love that and that background is so refreshing. You know, we can laugh and say, okay, the wine and spirits background. What do they have in common? But when you really start drilling down and start saying, okay, from a regulatory perspective, from a uniqueness, from going from state to state. There really are a lot of parallels, and I can see how that expertise and understanding how to drive brand adoption and awareness and the different distribution mm -hmm. challenges that you had are still very prevalent here in the mortgage industry as well. So this is going to be a fun discussion. I look forward to it. You know, you've got SourcePoint. You know, you guys are kind of considered a technology-enabled mortgage services company. Does that mean you consider yourself a fintech or more broadly, you know, how do you view fintechs in the mortgage industry? Let's let's talk tech. Let's talk fintech and really kind of see where you see SourcePoint positioned in that whole wheelhouse. 
Great, uh, great question. And we've, uh, our company is unique in our history. Um, many people knew that we were, uh, that when First Source acquired us in 2016, uh, we were split. Uh, originally, the company had a, had a large had a tech stack. And we split apart our services business, and that was what uh, First Source acquired. And we built the business that way as a services company. We're very much now what I would call a digital-first organization. When we're working with our clients, we're constantly thinking about how do we work together to get the very best outcome for the client, for for the consumer, for the for the staff, uh, for the staff at the client organization, for our folks. And it's you have to think digital first in uh, the way our business, the way the business is is organized now. Um, we have found, you know, historically we started as being very much technology agnostic, meaning that okay. we're a partner who can work with their core operating systems, um, which is typically most, the fintech, the fintech world, which you're very familiar with, it's, they're usually partners that plug in, either they're going yep. direct to, they're either going direct to, consu to the consumer, maybe disintermediating the current environment, or they're working very closely to make those core systems work better. And that's very much what we do. So we have to be, in my mind, we, have, we, we start off as very much of a, of a, as an agnostic bent. Now, what we've, what we've evolved to over the last couple of years is, number one, how do you make, uh, if there's a gap in the industry, how do we help close that gap and develop our own tech stack? Like we've done in the post-closing space, we introduced uh, what we call post-closed uh, post DLX or digital loan experience post-closing DLX. Um, but that was where we saw a gap because, you know, you've got such strong origination system players, such strong servicing systems out there. There's always been this, this, been this gap in between. So we work, so we work closely with our clients, with other, some of the other major uh, technology providers to help close that gap. And I look at that as a, as a, a developing tech, financial technology ourselves. We also believe in partnering with, you know, there's great technology out there. You don't have to make it all yourself. If we can be a partner, can help bring, uh, because of our client base, we can help introduce another system to create an outcome for a client. You know, right now we we're, we just recently partnered over the last year with a really strong, um, what we call it's a learning platform. We okay. put to market is first learning intelligence and this is one where we're working every day to help make a an associate come up the curve, learn their, you know, become really skillful in the work that they do, become masters at a much faster pace than they would through the traditional learning systems. Specifically well, I want to get to that in a second. As you talk about learning systems, I got a lot of questions for you there. But before, you had mentioned digital, yeah. right, in a digital-first approach and I hate to say how long I've been in the mortgage industry. Let's just say 20 plus years. Sure. And it's not always about the technology, but digital adoption has been somewhat of a slow, laborious process. Where do you think lenders are now in today's 
day and world of adopting more digital? And do you think the pandemic and COVID accelerated people's acceptance of more digital tools and principles? Well, on the second part of that, absolutely. The world that we're operating now has completely changed. The ability for us to collaborate from anywhere, having multiple people work together to get to get a loan completed, to get a loan originated, to get that loan completed, to transfer it. I mean, we've so there's no question that out of necessity, we've gotten to that point. Um, I think that the you know, and I think and and really listening to few of your of your other segments, Michael, and you've had some great guests on. You've got some great guests. I've learned a lot through that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. One of the things that kind of, that came to mind is that there's so much promise with fintech, and what is that promise? I think it's the ability to think about the costs of technology, and, uh, and think about the cost for running your business, and getting and having that cost perform like an investment rather than an expense, and. Well, and I, I love that aspect of it because, you know, you look at it, you can look at a lot of different industries and see how much tech has driven down the cost of a good or a consumer good or a printer or whatever it may be, but you look at the cost to originate a loan, mm-hmm. it's not dropping. It hasn't. I mean, we, we can have the greatest tools out there. We can have this next shiny object and this great tool and this imaging and AI. And I've had a lot of guests on, like you've mentioned, that are doing a lot of incredible things. But it still hasn't really driven down the cost to originate a mortgage. So I'm hoping digital and some of the things that you're talking about can help get us a lot closer to being able to accomplish that. Well, and, and that's the promise of fintech. Let's not get ourselves... If you're spending a dollar today and you're making an investment in bringing another technology in, you're not expecting to spend to have to continue to spend a dollar plus. You're actually expecting to get a, a, a much more. I mean, again, you know, every business is its own sets its own uh, bar for required rate of return, but that in, but that additional expense has to drive a better outcome. So that's the promise. I think that's one of the things that we absolutely focus on. We try and make our business operate like a fintech, even though we're technology we're a technology-enabled services provider. We are continually thinking about what are we doing that's making that when we work with a client, the work that we do perform like an investment and not just another expense line. Excellent. Hope everyone's taking notes. Make sure you guys are jotting down notes. Steve has so many good things to share. Let's talk a little bit about M&A, right? You guys recently had an acquisition of the Stonehill, Stonehill Group. Tell me a little bit before we talk about Stonehill and kind of where does that fit in, but what's really your approach? What's your thesis to acquisitions and M&A as you look at the marketplace and where things are going? Well, I think this is going to be an incredible incredibly exciting time for our industry. There's a lot of terrific companies. You've got a market that certainly know that I think we're all seeing some amount of consolidation um, as the market shifts, which is going to create opportunities for companies to really rethink, you know, to look at their business strategy to a certain extent. Um, 
but also go back and say, who are we, you know, what is, what, how are we going to grow? Do we want to grow? I mean, you can question right. that. You don't, not every, you know, this, there, you know, in the last few cycles, there's companies that have taken the opportunity to maybe hunker down a little bit and then just be prepared for the next, you know, prepare for the next opportunity in the marketplace. Our company, our parent company, we have always been growth focused. We've got a growth mindset. Everything we do is thinking that way. Um, up until our acquisition of, of the Stonehill Group, we had always been working. We'd always been growing through strictly through what I would call with uh, a de novo or organic approach. Okay. Uh, we so this was the first opportunity that we had where we felt there was a terrific fit to do two things. Number one was look at an organization that's been in the industry for 25 years, terrific reputation. Uh, certainly the leader in the QC space had recently had gotten into uh, opened up um, a due diligence practice about two years ago and, and really started, has done great things in that space. And we know how active, how much activity there's going in the, in the, um, in uh, the MSR trading area and some of the other new loan types are coming out. So due diligence is certainly an important part of that. So the thesis comes back to, um, and why you, f you firstly have to say, are we doing this out of growth? Are we doing it because we're trying to identify an underperforming asset that you can, um, that you can turn around, so a turnaround right. play, or is it just, hey, two organizations, they want to take cost out, so you bring them together and you can take cost out. For us, our th you know, we're believers in growth, so this is not a turnaround. It's not a take a cost out play. This is truly adding to the things that we do, bringing new services and offerings to our client base. So it's a growth play for us. Fantastic. And, and like you said, they have so much domain and subject matter expertise and incredible reputation in the industry that I can really see where there's some great synergies. All right. Well, we're what, 45 days or so into 2022. It's hard for me to already say that. I can't believe we're that far into it. It's going to be a different year. It's shaping up than the last two years. You know, 2020, COVID hits. Everyone doesn't know what's going to happen, and volumes go through the roof. 2021 was people kind of caught their breath a little bit, uh, but there were still very robust volumes. Things are now shifting. Kind of what is your view, and how do you plan, and how do you help your organization plan for these changing market conditions so that you can – Bestow that knowledge and expertise as it shifts to your customer base. Um, yeah, thanks, Michael. Um, we're, you know, I do know this is that I don't have I don't have a crystal ball. None of us. <laughs> um, I think there. I think it's pretty clear the direction that we're going and the market's going, and we're. Um, I think how do we use how do we when we look forward, we look at the year ahead, two years ahead, is we say, number one, you have to have a long view in our industry. You, that's, the first, that's the first thing I, I always remind our team. We've been at this for 10 years, um, even you know, longer than that as an organization. And every year, you know, and we just see we've, got, we've had such a terrific long-term growth trend even through even through a few cycles now, so the first thing is you have to have 
you have to make sure you're in it for the long view um, and you plan it and you and you're committed to that. And if you're not that, you know, if you're not, then this might not be the right industry for you. <laughs> the second thing I like to make sure that we're that we do this at least on a every you're not doing it every month or every quarter, but every probably nine months, six to nine months. We, t- we go back and we look at what's our what's the core of our business strategy and I always encourage I always encourage other leaders that I have a chance to work with spend time with is uh, vision never changes but strategy uh, from time to time you want to make sure that what you set out for um, still is res- is number one is it still relevant again in the current market and number two does it does that strategy resonate? Because as the as a market shifts, and certainly when it shifts dramatically, you know, you're. I think everything that you do here, with your um, in talking about fintechs, is all about looking at companies that are continually coming in and are changing the face of what's going on in our industry. And they're coming in with fin. I mean, there's a lot of people with great ideas, things that none of us thought about. Three three years ago, five years ago. So give so when change like that can occur as quickly as it can, is strategy is your strategy still makes sense, and are you able to adopt you know to update it and and shift so is your organization agile enough and ready to move? And the only last thing I would say is that we see it often. We see it often, and our and our industry is known for it is when things start to shift, the first thing people want to do is adjust price, work on price. Ultimately, you have to realize that you, you cannot give the house away. Yep. So many people do that. I think that price is such an interesting point that you just made because so many people think as market conditions shift, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to lower that. And if you don't understand your value proposition mm-hmm. and what you're bringing to the market and to that specific client, that's like putting an anchor on your foot and you're just going to go down faster in changing market conditions. Steve, you, you have so many good insights. You and I could talk for hours on this. A couple things I want to ask for people who want to find out more about SourcePoint. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you guys? How can they set up meetings? Are there industry events that you'll be at? What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, we Well, thanks thanks for asking. Uh, our website, www.sourcepointmortgage.com. Uh, feel free to go there. You can, uh, you, can li- you can connect to me there. You can link to me through LinkedIn. Uh, reach out with a message that way. I'm always looking to make new friends. And uh, so, but there's a lot of information on our website and also on our homepage within LinkedIn are two great places to look. Excellent. And as we're winding down, I love getting a little bit more personal interaction and we got a chance to talk a little bit before this, but do you have a favorite book? Do you have a movie? Do you have something that really drives a, a bit of advice you'd like to share Now's the floor is open. I, I want to open it up to you to say, okay, what is that book or movie that had that impact for you? Well, I'll just say recently I rewatched uh, Daughter Was Home over the holidays, and uh, we rewatched Queen's Gambit. And okay, I admit, you know, obviously it was, it was a lot of it was a fascinating movie, great character study, but the thing that just reminded me the most 
was that there's hidden talent all across our world. You never know where the next genius or the next great, the next genius is going to be. And which, which reminds me all the time to be making sure you're just not looking in this, in the, in the north, in the places, the usual places to find great people and people who are talented, who can do something for your business. Oh, that is great advice. I, for those of you who haven't seen it, go watch the movie, but more importantly, focus on what Steve just shared. We can find talent. We can find incredible people across the world in all different settings if we just have an open mind and we're looking for that. Steve, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. Thanks, Michael.